Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to this Chargers podcast. I am your host, Fernando Ramirez, joined side by side by one of the greatest fullbacks in NFL history, number 41 on the field, but number one in your heart, Chargers fullback Lorenzo Neal. Lorenzo, my man, how are we doing today? I feel absolutely legendary. Every time I'm on the phone, every time I'm on a podcast with you, Fernando, how would I not feel absolutely amazing? You know, all the excitement around football, even though it's a little quiet, there's still a bunch of discussions about quarterback at the quarterback position, left tackle, right tackle, what the Chargers are going to do, what the Niners are going to do, who's going to be the first and second top five off the board. So it's always speculations, always a fun time right now during this time of the year. No, definitely, Lorenzo. And I mean, sometimes I feel like when it comes to this stuff, there there has to be a place where you can place bets on what the order might be. I, I just I feel like there has to be somewhere where you can do stuff like that. What do you think, Lorenzo? I, I, man, Fernando, that's a great lead in. Don't we don't we have a sponsor that if you think you know the top 10 or you think you can pick the top 10 in a row that you can make a little squilla, you can make a little money. Who do we got for that? Do we want to make some money? You know, it's all about bet online. Uh, bet online has everything, man. They got bets. The NBA NBA is coming down to the wire, man. I mean, it's interesting to see if LeBron James, a Anthony Davis, will they be back? Can they mush together with Andre Drummond? Can they make a run? Or is it finally the Clippers time? Or maybe uh, a team like Phoenix can come out of nowhere. Or are yeah, the monsters playing? Hey, man, I, I, Space Jam 2. Uh, the Monstars. It feels yes. like the Brooklyn Nets are the Monstars. What, what do you think, Zoe? Don't you think that they're, they're kind of Monstarish? Yeah, Fernando, you're right. The Brooklyn Nets, this, this team, they are definitely Monstars. like the Monstars. No question. You think about Blake Griffin. You look at KD. You got Kyrie. I mean, this team is absolutely loaded. You're wondering, is this the team to beat? And then you look over at the, you know, the clips show, of course, this team is they look like they're poised. They underachieved last year, but this is a different year. So, man, I'm telling you, man, bet online, they got you covered. So I know it's plenty of teams that you can bet on. It's plenty of teams you can find out who's going to be in the playoffs, who's in, who's out. Is LeBron and, and Anthony Davis coming back? And also, like you said, the draft. I mean, first, who's second, third? Is the Niners going to take, you know, Fields or are they going to go in another direction and take Jones? But speaking of that, I think I'm going to figure that all out and let, let, let the listeners know one more time. If they want to make that bet, how do they get on Bet Online? How simple is it to register? Let the listeners know, uh, Fernando, about Bet Online, our, our, yep. our betting spot. Uh, yep, and and it's funny because you mentioned the the Clippers because Charles Barkley last night on TNT says, "I've been old, I've been fat, I've been broke, I've been rich, I've been everything, and the Clippers have always sucked." So he said the Clippers aren't going. Uh, he's like the Clippers ain't going nowhere. They they've always sucked. They're gonna always suck. So I thought that's pretty funny, but uh, but yeah, no bet online. You just have to head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. But yeah, Lorenzo, you're, you're you're we're talking about off seasons and just stuff going on. Uh, on Thursday afternoon, uh, Brandon Saley had his third press conference, and now this one was much shorter, Lorenzo. The first two that we had with him. My God, I think we were on for about two hours and 30 minutes, two press conferences, 
two hours and 30 minutes. This one, this one was 59 minutes. I, and I clocked wow. it, Lorenzo. 59 minutes and 37 seconds. So, hey, in less than an hour, I was happy with it. So we really uh, dove into a lot of stuff with him. But, Lorenzo, when you when you see a new head coach like this, he's defensive-minded, what what do you feel like – what do you – how do you feel like he can fit in with the Chargers? And why do you think the Chargers decided to go the route of a young – up-and-coming head defensive coach why, why do you think they kind of went that route yeah I think that you look at offense offense entertains but a lot of people say defense wins Super Bowl so we understand the importance of having a a great a great offensive minded coach but you also want to have a defense a guy that can get things done look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year it's winning getting to the Super Bowl defense was what it was at the end of the day you saw how well that defense played especially against an offense like Patrick Mahomes and what they were able to do with Kansas City Chiefs. Fernando, that tells you, speaks volumes, especially a team that was that dynamic, that electrifying, but it came down to defense. In my opinion, you know, and I, I can't wait to ask you some questions. What, you know, the coach talk about what is the defense philosophy? What's going to be their mentality? What's their philosophy? What's going to make them tick? When you got a guy like, like a guy like Joey Bosa, in my opinion, I think you play a 4-3. I don't necessarily put him in a 3-4 to have him step up. I want to make sure that I can cover him up. So when you got a 4-3, a 4-3 is you got four down linemen and then you have a Michael Will and a, and a, and a Sam. So you have three linebackers. And when you're playing in a, when you're playing in a 3-4, you have three down linemen and then you go with four outs. So you go with four linebackers, the Jack, the, the Buck, and then you have the Will and the Sam. So in a 3-4, you don't have a Jack. You have just a Will and a Sam and a Mike. So when you're looking at that, the difference is you have four down linemen. And I think when you have a guy like Joey Bosa, I think that his skill set fits more of a 4-3. So now you can put him on the end and you bring another lineman and, and put that other lineman on top of the guard. So now the guard is covered. Now the tackle's covered. And if they say, hey, we're going to bring a tight end over here. Oh, by the way, I can put the Sam linebacker. So now I can demand a one-on-one -on -one matchup. Somebody's going to be free and someone's got to win. But what say you? Is that what the coaches thinking? Is they thinking more of a three-four, more of a four-three defense because you have an elite type of defensive guy in, in Joey Bosa? Do they think they're going to go with the four-three to fit those the things that I'm talking about? You know what, Lorenzo? It's interesting because when you talk to both, and I mean, we've talked to offensive coordinator uh, Joe Lombardi, who's uh, the grandson of the great Vince Lombardi. You, I, I talked to Ronaldo Hill, the defensive coordinator. We talked to Brandon Saley. And it seems like they're gonna they're gonna what they're gonna do with their schemes is molded around their players. So they're gonna mold the offense around Justin Herbert. What Justin likes on the defensive side, he he really hasn't said he's more of a three four traditional co a defensive coach. But it seems like that's not really what they're they're gonna be running. It really sounds like he's gonna mold the defense around what his guys do best. And yesterday it was funny because we asked him outside linebacker defensive end. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 no. We're not doing that. Edge players. They're edge players. So we're like, oh, wow. He's like, Joey Bosa's an <laughs> edge player. So he stopped player. you guys. Nipped that yeah. in the butt. Yep, yep, okay. yep, yep. He did. Okay, so and he, he nipped said it in the butt. He was nipping in the butt. Yeah, because he said he wants to help these guys get paid. And you know what, Lorenzo? That's really what I think attracted the Chargers to him is – the way he can make relationships, man, you, you know, Jalen Ramsey, 
Jalen Ramsey says what's on his mind for Jalen Ramsey to come out and say, this was my best defensive coach I've ever had ever. And he's had some good ones for him to say that that just means a lot, I think. And I feel like the Chargers listened to that and said, you know what? Maybe this guy is something different, but yeah, no, he said they're going to be edge players. I don't see Joey Bosa really going out and then uh, defending the pass. You know what they want Joey to do. They want Joey to get after the quarterback and wreck some havoc. So I think what they're going to do is they're going to run, they're going to run four, three here and there, three, four there and here. So I think you're going to see, I think you're going to see a different style of defense. I really think they're going to be moving stuff around. And like I've said before, like, I don't think Derwin James is going to have a position in next year's on the defense. God willing, he stays healthy because Derwin's had mishaps the last two years. But I believe Derwin James is going to be a positionless player. They're going to move him at defensive end. They're going to put him at linebacker. They're going to put him at safety. They're going to put him in corner. I I really think Derwin is going to move around the field. And I really think we're going to see some different stuff from this team. But really, listening to Brandon, it really made me think that they're going to they're going to be they're going to be changing a lot and moving stuff around uh, to really fit the scheme that the players are best suited for. And you have to, and I think that's great that you hear the defensive coordinator saying that, uh, Fernando, because you do have to look at when you have this type of talent, if you got Joey Bosa dropping into the flat and hooked to Pearl, and now you got him dropping back into pass coverage, does that really suit what he can do? Does that really put him in a position where he's going to be successful? Does that really, even though he can tackle and even though he can cover and he can drop in the hook to Pearl and he can run, he's got a motor, he can run fast, and those are things are good, but is that going to, give you the best opportunity to turn him loose? Does that give you the best opportunity to create turnovers? Does that give you the best opportunities to put pressure on the quarterback? And that answer is no. So you have to look at this and say, then what do I have to do? I'm not going to put him in necessarily, I know you talk about a 3-4, but if you're in a 3-4, usually those edge guys in a 3-4, you want them standing up because you they do have to be over to tie in and they are going to, if the tight end goes out, you are going to have to cover. So I don't see necessarily them putting him in that position. You're going to have to slide him in to always keep him on that linebacker side. If you are going to do, be that on that 3-4, you're going to have him over to tackle and bring him to the open to, to the side where they're tight end side or either just an open side where it's just a tackle to give him an edge rush like Coach is alluding to because you just can't line him up and say, I'm going to stand him up as a linebacker yeah. and have that get off and do those things. I just don't think that fits his athletic prowess, like it's alluded to. So it's going to be interesting to see what this, see what this, uh, this LA Charger team and the defensive coordinator in their staff, how they address this issue, how they go ahead and fill some of these holes. They have to definitely get a lot of better guys right now. You look at the cap, they're going to be $12 million under the cap after every, after the rookie sign and everything. So they're going to have about $12 million bucks, $12-$14 million. You have to still fill your roster. You still got to get some, some guys that are going to be good backups, guys that are going to stay and play at a high level. That's how you win in the National Football League. You can't pay everyone. You can't go get Joey Bosa. You can't go out and get all the Von Millers. You can't go and do that. A team can't go and do that. You have to make sure you go out and get other players. Remember a year ago, two years ago, Buffalo had a guy, and I think you love this guy. You know he played very well. Low Alexander, Zoe, Lorenzo Alexander, he was a good player, guy that could come in, that could start, that could back up, but you knew you had a consistent. That's what they look need to look for. You need to look for some durability, but you also need to shore up some things and get some guys that's going to give you some depth that can come in and start, 
if they need to be, then come in and start for two or three weeks that also can come out there and play special teams. So look for this charger team when after this free agency, after the draft, after the draft, look for this team then to say, okay, let's go fill, let's go complete our team. Let's go get some solid veteran players, a safety, a solid better backup defense alignment, some good tackles, a guard. That's how you win. You win your backups as well. Yeah, no, definitely, Lorenzo. And going back real quick, I, I just don't see this as the traditional Wade Phillips, Sha uh, Sean Merriman, Sean Phillips on the edge of standing up. That's not what it's going to be. And, and I feel like everybody kind of understands the way they're going to run their defense. But yeah, no, I, I really do think, and that's why the Chargers have nine picks this year in the draft. And I and that just means nine players, are uh, unless they make a trade or do something, nine players are coming in. The Chargers need help on special teams, and that's right. why they went out and they got that cornerback right. from the from the from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Ryan Smith. Ryan Smith is a good uh, right. gunner. He's a very good gunner. They went to go get him. They've gotten some other pieces to kind of try and help on both sides, on defense and on on special teams. Offense. Do you see? Do you see guys that are consistent? So you're when you look at this Charger team, do you have guys that you look at now, or do you say they need to do better, continue to build, make sure they've got something that's reliable? You're talking about dependable, reliable, something you can trust. That's also something that we know that you can, without a doubt that you want that on your team. When you're talking about dependability and you're talking about the Chargers and saying, hey, look, we went out and got some special team player, a better gunner that's going to be dependable. We want make sure that you comfort, making sure you don't have that anxiety. Oh, my God, I can't sleep because I don't have a gunner. I can't sleep because we don't have the depth. We have something for that. How about these gummies? Tell you about how they just make you sleep at night, Fernando. Tell the listeners how good they are when they touch your lips. Yeah, I know, Lorenzo. I mean, and, and it's honestly, times are stressful. You know, craziness happens to all of us. It's hard sometimes to shut off your brain or relax or chill out, honestly. So I did my homework and found Sunday Scaries, which are delicious and vitamin-boosted CBD gummies. They've become a must-have in my daily routine, and they chill me out in just about 20 minutes. Basically, they help me take the edge off so I can maintain my composure and live scares-free. Lorenzo, I got you with a 25% offer to prove it. Visit sundayscaries.com. Use my promo code BELIEVE for your discount. That's the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for 25% off. sundayscaries.com. They're effing amazing, and you won't regret joining their squad. There you go. Sunday scaries. They're absolutely amazing. Believe it or not, when you were doing that read and we're talking about Sunday's scaries, believe it or not, I got a little audience around and they had the snicker. They thought that transition was so beautiful. <laughs> they just said I was like butter. Actually, she's a wonderful lady. And she gave me love, said, low, you're too smooth, too smooth. <laughs> no, and honestly, that's what we do. We try and compete for this kind of thing. It's a competition. Just, it is. But, that's why I love you. You know, what's funny is that Sunday scaries, I mean, sometimes I feel like Charger fans get a little nervous about Sundays because left tackle. Now, left tackle mm. is an interesting position. And it's funny because yesterday, um, Brandon Staley's asked about it, and he's like, yeah, we have a hole there. And I'm kind of like, they do have a hole there. But he, he goes in depth and talks about it, and he's like, we can either go – free agency which there are some free agents i mean alejandro villanueva from the pittsburgh steelers 32 years old 
Army Ranger, Green Beret. Uh, God bless him for serving our country. Um, Eric Fisher from the Kansas City Chiefs. He's a free agent as well. He he had some injury concerns last year. He missed the Super Bowl, and that's when Patrick Mahomes were running around. Um, so there's that route. He said they could e- either look for a trade as well, which a trade is only Baltimore Ravens right tackle who wants to be a left tackle, wants to be paid like a left tackle, Orlando Brown Jr., um, you might have to trade a second round and maybe a third rounder to get him, and then you have to pay him a whole mess of money. So he wants to be paid like Trent Williams from the 49ers was. Maybe that's a little too steep for the Chargers. Uh, he also mentioned the trade. Now, we've been talking about this, Lorenzo, for a couple of weeks now. Rashawn Slater from uh, from Northwestern, and then you have uh, Panay Sewell from Oregon. So it's just interesting the way that he knows that the left tackle is a position that they wanted to attack. He said he thought they did a beautiful job in free agency going after Corey Lindsley, the, the, the center center. Green Bay, right? Yeah. They went out and they, and they built the offensive line back up again. Now all you have left is that left tackle. So it's going to be very interesting to go uh, to see what they're going to do to get that left tackle. Lorenzo, you were, you know, those, those charger teams that, uh, uh, that made strides, you were on it. They had Marcus McNeil there at left tackle. Just, can you just talk a little bit about how important that is to have a guy solidify that left tackle position? Without a doubt, when you have a left tackle and I played with some great ones, the great Willie Anderson played with me in the Cincinnati Bengals. Willie Anderson was amazing. Then when I was with the saints, another great Willie, Willie Rofe, I mean, another great tackle that was unbelievable. How about this tackle? Richmond Webb, another great tackle. Miami Dolphins was a top first round pick. When you find a first, when you find a tackle of that status, and then of course, Marcus Manili played with me with San Diego with the Chargers. I'm telling you, when you can find that last tackle, you don't let him leave the building. And that's what the San Francisco 49ers, they did. And they said, you know what? We made a trade for this man and we're not going to let him leave the building. They loved him. They wanted to keep him. And that's what they did. So you look at what they did. Look at how they're they're building. That's what you do. I think that the Chargers are in a unique situation. I think that they're going to look at this tackle position and say, okay, if we don't have our guy, we're not going to panic and just waste the pick getting a tackle just to say we got one. I think that you look at free agency and you say, all right, let's get a stopgap guy. You talked about, you know, the Steelers, talking about the Kansas City Chiefs, those tackles that play left tackle can play. You get those guys in. Now you have a guy for a year, and then you look and say, look, now I can go win a trade. Now I can look to build. You get to see where you're at. I just don't know if you if 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 your guy's not there, if you don't get the young man, you know, you know, we don't get our guy from uh that's went to same place as Justin Herbert, Oregon, the tackle. If you don't get some of those high guys, the guys that you really want, I just think that you punt, man. I really do, Fernando. And you go get a, a stopgap guy that can play, that's durable, that can play and give you some good minutes and give and, and hold it down for a year. I'm with you, Lorenzo. I mean, the thing is, Tom Telesco's reached before. He reached a couple of years ago in his first draft. He got DJ Fluker out of Alabama, and it, it, was, it wasn't it was a good pick. I mean, Justin Houston, I remember, would just go right around him. He would beat him with the speed. So it was just one of those things where you're kind of like, okay, Tom Telesco can't reach with this pick. This is important. Very in important. My, in my opinion, I mean – I he he has to be feeling a little bit of the heat, especially after the last few years of what's been going on. He has to feel heat. Some of his draft picks haven't panned out. And I, I tweeted this earlier this week, Lorenzo, with uh, Forrest Lamp signing with the uh, Buffalo Bills. That means there's only one player left from the 2017 draft. That was their first draft in Los Angeles. 
That is Mike Williams, receiver, first-round draft pick, and he's on his fifth-year option. Every other player that Tom Telesco drafted that year is now on another team. So it, it's not a it's not a good look. So I, I definitely think Tom Telesco needs to hit a home run. If Panace Wool or, or or Rashawn Slater aren't there, man, go get a go get a corner. Go get JC Horn from South Carolina. That yeah. kid is that he looks like Richard Sherman. He like the, the way he plays, but he's more physical. I like the way he plays. There's some other players that Patrick Sertan. There's other players that you can fill out the team with. And I think Tom Telesco is gonna be smart. And he said, and he told us a couple of weeks ago, I don't, um, well, he says that when he looks at the draft board and he's at 13, he said, I don't draft based on need. I draft on base player available. So I, I believe Tom Telesco will do the right thing. If there's somebody, if there isn't a, a left tackle there, I'm sure like you said, Lorenzo, he's going to punt and he's going to say, you know what? Let me go get this guy. Let me go get this guy. Whoever the pl- best place is or the best player is, he'll go get him. So I wouldn't be surprised if you're Tom. If, if you're Tom, if you're, I wouldn't be surprised. You see them trade back if you have to. If you can pick up another first, if you drop back three spots to get another second rounder, if a team really wants a guy, if you're the Chargers, do you would you consider that? How safe is Tom's job? I, I know we talk about you know got a new coach. How is his job? I know I know we we don't we're, I know we're not criticizing guys. I understand no, this, no. but this is football and this is what we do. We get paid to do a job and be honest with the listeners, and that's what we said we'll always do, Fernando. So when you look at yeah. Tom and his is you know what he's done in the draft. Do you look at him saying this he has to hit on? Is his job safe? You know, what do you how do you how do you view just the organization uh when it comes to that, especially GM? I, I truly believe that that Tom is kind of feeling the heat a little bit. I mean, this is the thing, Lorenzo, and he and I've asked him about this before, and he 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 tries to not he kind of goes around it a little bit, but the first two years of Mike McCoy, the team was successful, nine and seven. They made the playoffs, they made a little bit of a run. The next two years was bad. They won five games and four games, and they were able to get Joey Bosa and, and some good draft picks. But you kind of look at that and you're like, okay, then Anthony Lynn comes in. You have two years of successful Anthony Lynn, and then two years of terrible football, mistakes being made, all kinds of stuff. It was a surprise to me, Lorenzo, if I can be completely honest, that Tom Telesco wasn't fired along with Anthony Lynn. I truly thought he was going to be fired. They were going to go get themselves a general, a new general manager, and they were going to go get a new head coach. They didn't. And, I mean, it, it's understandable that the Spanos family feels comfortable having Tom there. Tom's made some good decisions. He's gotten some good players. He's got made some good free agents moves. But at the same time, he's also made some bad ones. So it's going to be very interesting to see the way if this year the team for some reason just doesn't hit it off and they don't succeed, how hot a seat is. But I, I, I truly don't think that Tom Telesco can afford to trade back for the simple reason of who knows if I'm going to be here next year. Screw getting another pick for next year. Screw picks for next year. I'm, I'm GMing for this year. So I think if he's there and, and there's no left tackle and there's a, and there's a, a, a JC Horn, a Patrick Sertan, something that can help another position. Maybe it's not the position that everybody thinks it should be, which is left tackle. But if you can fix corner, because the Chargers are close, Lorenzo. I mean, they have Michael Davis, who they re-signed. They have Chris Harris Jr., who's a veteran, who's a dog. And you bring in a J.C. Horner, Patrick Sertan, man, that second. And, and then along with that, you bring back Jerwin James. Man, that secondary can really shut could shut guys down, especially when you're in a division. And that's, you know, it's funny, Lorenzo. Yesterday we're talking about, uh, I asked I asked him, uh, you brought back Michael Davis. 
why did you decide to do that instead of going and getting another another a guy from the Rams who you knew who knows your system? And he said, you know why? First of all, he loved his story. Second of all, he liked his nickname, Vato. Vato means kind of mm. like brother, like in Spanish. Yeah. So it's funny. So then he told me he can run stride for stride like a cheat, like against a cheetah. When he said that, it clicked. He's talking about Tyreek Hill from Kansas City. Cheetah, that's his nickname. So he's looking at it as this guy can run stride for stride with Tyreek Hill. That means they really like what Michael Davis can do. If you can get three dogs at corner by adding a Patrick Sertan or a JC uh, Horn, man, you really solidified this secondary. And that's what you really need. You need a secondary that's going to go out there, that's going to go blow for blow with whatever opposing offense. So I really don't think the Chargers should punt. I really think they should look at it and say, okay, there's nothing here. Let me go for another position of need. Because like we said, the defense still has a hole at corner. They have it at edge rusher because, uh, and there you go. If if uh, Brandon Saley's listening, I said it, coach, edge, uh, edge. So uh, they're, <laughs> they're going to need, they're going to need edge and they're going to need left tackle. So if one of those isn't there, man, go get another one. Heck, if you if you're feeling dangerous and you're feeling crazy and Jalen Waddles there and you think, you know what, from Alabama, the speedy wide receiver, why not add another weapon to my offense? Let me give my quarterback another receiver. Go out there and get him. I mean, you just have to make sure that you it's a great pick. You and the organization love the player and you feel like he's going to make an instant impact in your team. That's how I see it. And like I said, I've never worked for an organization. I've never been in the in the in those rooms, but that's just what I feel like the Chargers should do to have a successful draft. Right. And it's so so let me ask you something. So when you look at this team, you know, you're there, you get to, you know, you get to see what they have, you get to, you know, look underneath the hood. What would it take for this team to be successful? If you if this team wins 8 games, 7 games or is is everyone safe? How? Because usually you you know how it usually works, Fernando. You know usually when you fire the coach, usually if your GM's been there, if the GM's brought that coach in and he's been through several coaches, you usually the GM's out and the GM usually brings in his guy. You hire the GM, the GM brings in his guy, his coach. This way is you brought in but now your GM is not necessarily the GM's been there. So the GM did he have a chance to really bring in his guy? How is this work? How is this set up for the head coach? You see what I'm saying? So what is yeah. it going to take for this regime to stay intact in your opinion? Well, I, I, there, there have been rumors that this was Dean. Dean was heavily in on wanting Brandon Staley. So, and I'm sure obviously, um, I'm sure obviously Tom and, and, and it sounds like Tom really liked him. John Spanos liked him as well, but I heard that this was a, a Dean really liked him kind of move. Um, so obviously I, I, I just think they need to see strides, man. They can't last year, Lorenzo, you're seven and nine. You are three wins away from a 10 and six season. You lost, you blew leads to Tampa Bay. You blew leads in New Orleans. Denver, you Broncos. blew a lead to the Broncos. And then you got blown out 45 to zero franchise worst loss to the New England Patriots. That's four terrible losses. So it, it's kind of like when you're in school and you're trying to pick up your grades, what they want to see is they want to see that you're that you're trying that you're actually going out there and you're trying to do your best and i feel like if if the chargers can sneak in because now it's seven seven team makes seven teams make the playoffs so i feel like if the chargers can sneak in there maybe get a wild card then it's a successful season you you can't waste justin herbert you have to get him in the playoffs you can't i remember the back end of philip river's career i felt 
in a sense bad for him because instead of competing for uh for championships at the end it was it felt like at times they were competing for a, a lower draft pick in a sense so i mean and that's the thing is that the chargers now have a young quarterback who looks like he's ready to rock so if you can get him in the playoffs this year i think that's a success, successful season now if you over succeed and he starts knocking teams out of the playoffs that's going to be really if they can go in and maybe make it to the afc championship then damn you did something completely right and you just have to build on it but everything that i've heard about brandon staley about this coaching staff is positive so it's going to be really interesting to see the way they're able to make strides but lorenzo to me it's playoffs or or bust honestly i mean the coaches are going to be safe but i mean it's going to be about tom telesco in a sense i mean can you put together a team that can help these guys make it last year they were terrible on special teams lorenzo new england uh blocked up uh a kick they returned a punt for a touchdown they were just atrocious on special teams telesco said they're gonna fix that well they already got some players but can you really fix that and put that all together so your punting was terrible you went out and you resigned you you uh you kept the same punter your kicker was terrible michael badgley missed 12 12 kicks last year they missed nine field goals and i think he missed eight field goals and like uh four uh extra points you brought him back you have to get competition around those guys last year they got to skate easy they had no competition in camp because the charge were obviously focused on other stuff well and because they thought they had the the perfect punter and the perfect kicker man you got to bring some competition to compete against those guys because michael badgley was missing kicks and i mean obviously you know he feels bad and he wants to do better but man, you have to get better at kicker. Kicker was, kicker is decisive. You or is uh, is crucial in those tough situations. You saw against New Orleans, he had a chance. Mike Williams makes that grab on third down, sets him up for a field goal, and he misses. That's unacceptable, man. And I mean, you you've right. been around some great kickers. You need great kicking. You need great kicking either or either way because. You had Mike Cyphers, you had Nate Kading. You've had you've had punter like punter is crucial, kicking is crucial. You need more. So I truly think this team needs to do a lot better going into this season if they really want to succeed. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting, man. Fernando, great breakdown of where this team's at and what they have to do. So, man, I'm looking forward to seeing how this team is going to 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 how they're gonna attack these needs that they that they are addressing, where they're gonna how they're gonna address them, when are they gonna fulfill all the things they need. So I know Rome wasn't built in a day, but I do see what you're talking about. I can understand the points that you're talking about. So uh, looking forward to seeing uh, how this team uh, built continues to build. Yeah, definitely, Lorenzo. And I kind of wanted to, to switch a little bit to our Bay, Bay Area brethren, <laughs> the San Francisco 49ers. Talk a little bit about that. And they were going to pick one spot ahead of the Chargers. Now they move all the way up to number three. There's been a lot of talk, Lorenzo, about are they going to go get Mac Jones? Is it Justin Fields? Is it Trey Lance? And I've there's been some negativity out there about Justin Fields, and and there's been people that have been saying that maybe it's because he's uh, the typical black quarterback gets right. uh, gets a lot of uh, a lot of criticism thrown his way. Do you think this is all smokescreen, or do you really think it is real? Some of the criticism that he gets, do you feel like it's unfair? What? What are your, what's your opinion towards uh, what is going on right now with Justin Fields and 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 Mac Jones? When I think when you look at Mac Jones and, and Justin Fields, you see two quarterbacks. You know they speculated one had one DUI, the other one had two DUIs. You think, okay, 
what are they going to do? How do you look at these guys? And people are talking about, you know, Justin Fields. Oh, he's just not getting along with his teammates. He's the first one in and, and the last one to leave. And then, you know, you're hearing Matt Jones that is soaring off the board and he's going from being a top t- uh, from being number 10 to going down as high as three and maybe two, possibly two or three. Uh, and you say, God, but both of them had baggage. How does this work? Is it black or is it white? I, I don't know. I, I don't I don't know. It's just there's things happen that shouldn't happen at times. Absolutely. But you know what? You look at Jones and you look at his demeanor. I, I don't know. We don't know. But we see Jones's demeanor. He's upbeat. He's, you know, won a national championship, you know, quarterback position. Uh, you see the guy, he's fired up. He's a guy who's, you know, that they say could lead a team. I, I don't know. You, you don't see it. You don't hear anything negative, you know, besides uh, that and, the, you know, the DUIs too. But, you know, you look at Fields and I, I haven't seen that. But, I, you know, they're not saying that about Jones. So, that, I don't think this is about black or white. I think when you hear here that a guy's the first one in, I mean, the first, last one in, and he's the first one to leave. He has DUI, two DUIs, 10 DUIs. I played with the quarterbacks that would drink all the time, and they were still the first one in and the last one to leave. So I don't care what you do off the field. I uh, care about your, you know, what you're going to bring when you're on the field. And so I think that that is a concern. And I think that I think that Shanahan and, and John and John Lynch, those guys will find out if this is true. They'll find out if that's the way that he handles himself. They'll find out. They'll have that meeting and say, hey, are you the first one in the last one, in the last one, the first one to leave? Or are you not getting along with your teammates? And they'll ask. And if it is and they'll talk to him and they'll say why. Well, maybe there was a reason. Maybe I'm in the coach or maybe something happened. So but they'll be able to go through. But the 49ers can't afford, I don't care what organization you are, whether you're 49ers, whether you're uh, any team, you cannot afford to get a quarterback in if he has a lot of character issues because that's supposed to be the face of your franchise for 10 to 15 years. So you cannot afford to get a quarterback if he's disenfranchised with his teammates and he doesn't get along with his teammates and he's not a guy that wants to be around his team. So that is a concern. doesn't matter the race or color of anyone. I think that's just a concern how you handle people, but a quarterback has to be able to get along with everyone, his teammates, because he is the leader of the team. Yeah, no, and I completely agree, Lorenzo. And I don't know if it's race or not, just because Lorenzo, I remember last year, the heavy, the, the quarterback that was uh, scrutinized the most was Justin Herbert. He's an introvert. He doesn't, he doesn't talk. He's not a leader. He doesn't step up. His game is weak. He's this, he's that. There was a lot of stuff coming out about Herbert last year that, man, it, it just, it, it, they, it seemed like every scout, every everything was piling on and piling on and piling on. And he comes out and he performs incredibly. So I don't think it's, it's much of that. I think it's more of that. It's more of like, they need to find one quarterback to, to criticize and have drop while the other one's coming up. I mean, last year was Jordan love who was coming up and, Oh, the chargers could take Jordan love at six from, uh, from Utah state. And and that's not what happened. He actually dropped to the green Bay Packers in the, in the lower, um, lower 20. So I really look at this Lorenzo and, I don't know why they would go with Mac Jones. I think it smoke screens a little bit because if you really look at it, why why would they want uh why would they want the same thing as Jimmy G? Mac Jones yeah. is a little bit a little bit of the similar Jimmy G style of play. So why would you want to go get that? 
Why wouldn't yeah. you want something different like Justin Fields, who can move around the pocket, who can make plays on his legs? Can you imagine Debo Samuel and him in the backfield, like trying to trying to uh, make plays happen? I just truly think that it's going to be Justin Fields, uh, just because he adds something different, a different element to this Kyle Shanahan offense. And yes, Mac Jones has done some great stuff. I mean, I've heard that. Um, uh, that he's teaching the playbook to now the new offensive coordinator of Alabama doing all kinds of stuff. So, I mean, yeah, that's great and all, but I truly think that there is no, no comparison when it comes to both of them on the field. Yes. Mac Jones won the national championship last year, but man, that, you know, that Alabama team is, is, uh, is stacked. It is stacked. Like, uh, like, but like, it's just crazy. They win. So, they win in spite of, yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, I'm pretty sure they win sure, in spite of having I'm quarterback. Sure, You're absolutely right. Yeah, I'm, and I'm pretty sure Nick Saban is going to break that uh, that record, that national championship record, pretty soon, just because of stacked that team is. But definitely, uh, I definitely think that it is a little bit more smokescreen. I just think Kyle Shanahan, if 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 guys are coming out and saying, "Oh yeah, I'm friends with Kyle Shanahan," I truly think he's going to go and get Mac Jones. You, if you're a friend, Lorenzo, you and I are good friends. You're not going to break this trust. You're not going to break this trust. You're going to have trust with your friends and you're going to say, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sell my friend out. So it might be smoke screens at the end of the day, but you know, what doesn't break Lorenzo? What's that? Canon uh, glasses, man. I hate when I drop my glasses. I hate when there's scratches on them. I hate, and, and I, and I'm one of those people, Lorenzo, I'm very, I'm very pushy about my sunglasses. When I'm driving, if I can notice even a little scratch on my sunglasses, I get angry. I don't want them anymore. So um, <laughs> it, it, it's time for you to make your outdoor experience even better with Canon. Canon sunglasses are exclusively uh, are made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity. They're made with Japanese optics that make their lenses cleaner, clear, lighter stronger and they have italian handcrafted frames that are impossible to scratch so lorenzo right here i got you you can use the exclusive code kanoncast15 at kanon.com to receive 50 percent off your first pair that's kanoncast15 k-a-e-n-o-n cast c-a-s-t 15 kanon clearly better no question. Canon, they're very durable. Like you said, they, these glasses are tough. They're, you know, they're durable. They're made with the finest artsmanship. And so absolutely. So the listeners, go ahead and go to that website, order those glasses. You're getting 50% off. That's right. You didn't stutter, Fernando, 50% off on your first pair. So that's absolutely wonderful. And definitely, they're definitely durable and they're definitely reliable glasses. So yeah, get on that website, go grab a pair and tell them that your boy Lo Neil and Fernando sent you. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I, ju I just think that the, the I just think it's a lot of smoke screens just because of that, Lorenzo. So it's going to be really interesting to see the way that this happens. But Lorenzo, just real quick, last thing I wanted to ask you was, what is what did you feel? I mean, I, I want to take you back. I want you to jump in the DeLorean with me and let's go back in time. Are you are you ready to go 88 miles per hour and go back in time? You good? Let's do it. <laughs> so when you're a prospect and you're and you're waiting what what is this month like for you what's the month of what was the month of april like for you waiting for the draft and all that what was that what was that like for you well it's just this month that you're you're sitting you're waiting you're training 
And the thing about it is just everyone's asking, what are you hearing? What have you heard? And it's nothing. It's Groundhog Day. So you're, you you know, what? and you become frustrated and you're like, well, what are you hearing? What are you? And you, you keep, and it's like, and you're not trying to be mean, but everyone doesn't know. You've been asked that same question about 50,000 times. And so sometimes you're like, dude, I haven't heard anything. And it's just like, people just care. And I told my son that I was like, look, I know sometimes you're getting frustrated. Sometimes you don't want to answer the questions. I said, but this is a part of the process. Enjoy it. Embrace it. People care. They want to know what you're hearing. They want to know if they can feel like they're part of your life. And they've been knowing you for so many years. So just embrace it. So that's what people are feeling right now. Just the anticipation, the not knowing what's going to next step, not knowing, you know, you're hearing that you're going to be drafted, but you don't know. It's not, you're not the first pick or the second pick. You're not maybe the first rounder. So you're hearing things, but you're like, man, there's a chance that I can never play football again. So all those things are still in the back of your mind, even though you know you're good enough to play. So this is time for a lot of these young men to, you know, remember who they are, stay in shape, don't get ready, stay ready. Um, be the best thing you can do. Keep your nose clean. Make sure you stand out of trouble. Doing, you know, get involved and do some things around the community, whatever community you're in, you know, help out, do some other things, volunteer some time, do some things that's going to keep your time occupied. A lot of guys, you know, they go out and they just want to go out and party and do whatever. But man, during this time right now, you could go and, you know, do involved in your community, help kids, do some things, do some outreach, you know, go read to the young, do those things that sometimes it would that, that you haven't been able to do and see what life's about, kind of engage. So it's a great time to reflect, work out really hard, but also reflect and get engaged in your local community. So that's what a lot of guys need to do. And uh, so I try to remind my son, hey, look, this too shall pass. Don't, you know, don't rush anything. Enjoy this ride. So that's how they're feeling. I love talking about this. I love it, Lorenzo. And honestly, it's it's amazing that you're trying to spread community awareness and have guys go out there, do do some positive stuff because we need some more positivity. And Lorenzo, I'm I'm about to I'm about to make you a little angry. And I know next time you see me, you're gonna put me in you're gonna put a wrestling chokehold on me or something. But I was actually a year old when you got drafted. So Wow. Just... <laughs> you were a year old when I got drafted. But yeah. see, I played you were a year old, so I played to you were 18 though. So I know you got to no, see no. you got to see. You oh, got to yeah. see some good, you got to see, so you got to realize, I probably might have known if I might have, good thing I didn't, you were in San Diego and Chula, good thing I didn't see you when you were out on the streets, I would have told your mom I would have probably spanked your butt. <laughs> she should have said, hey, you know what, let me bring bring that little bad Fernando over here. You should have said, Bert, they should have brought you over to Uncle Lolo and I could have gave you a nice spank and how about that? <laughs> I love it, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I definitely remember seeing 41 on the field, opening it up for LT. Yeah, no, I, I, I told you episode one, I remember all that stuff, it was it was it was an honor to watch you to watch you play and and do what you did and it's an honor for me to be doing this podcast with you i'm totally having so much fun with this well fernando so am i the feelings mutual can't wait to next week we'll do it again i enjoy it enjoy the show enjoy our listeners enjoy our sponsorships thank you guys everyone be safe have a great weekend weekend and we'll do it again soon thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.